0: You're listening to The Dime Podcast, Business Simplified. For so many listening, we're guessing you didn't start your business so you could run and keep the books. We're guessing you did not take on becoming an entrepreneur, a manager, or a leader because you love writing systems and processes or scheduling and tracking. Of course not. Running a business is not why you started your business, or it's not why you accepted the position to lead. You have a passion for a product, an idea, for people, and a lot of this business of running the business is just getting in the way of the real reason you started your business. The Dime Podcast is here to help. We want to help simplify and clarify all the detail work of running your business so you can focus on the real reason you started your business. My name is Rob Lott, and I'll be your host for these conversations. Let's get to it. Okay, so Ben, we hear all the time about conversation about what is write-offable and what is reimbursable, and uh, you might say that they're kind of one and the same, but but at the same time, I feel like it is two separate questions. So we're going to have two different episodes talking about what is write-offable and what is reimbursable. But first, Ben, how are you? Nice to see you. Excellent.
1: And and I love, by the way, I love that you use the word write-offable. Write-offable.
0: Yeah. What is <laughs> I like write-offable? I'd like to know how that's spelled. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of hyphens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it'll be it'll be in the in the podcast title episode. So <laughs> so let let me actually be the guy to ask the first question. Okay. Could I do that? Yeah, sure. I don't know that I'm gonna
1: have the answers, Ben. You you're gonna have the absolute right answer, I guarantee it. Okay.
0: What is a write-off? I don't know. I don't know, Ben. That's the thing. So I, yeah, I started, I am maybe like some of the listeners, I'm a brand new business owner and I have heard really smart people talk about the things that are write-offable, talking about what is a write-off, talking about those things. And I don't know, I don't know what it is. (laughs) And what what is your experience with write-offs? So or a write off, yeah, or have right. you had any? I well, I haven't had any just yet. But but here is here's what I think it is, and I'll I'll tell you what I think it is, and you tell me if I'm right. So I think that it is a a business expense that the government. So when we're talking about write offs, we are talking about taxes. What is a a write off for your taxes, as opposed to what is reimbursable for your employees? So that that'll be a, a different discussion later, but what does the government deem that you need necessary to do the work that you are doing those are the things that you can write off on your taxes am i right am i close that's it's very close okay I mean, yeah i think that's correct all right but but then so yeah so then the question becomes what is what are those things What 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 are the what what is the government? Because I feel like with with enough, um, you know, I'm I'm a pretty good improviser. I can come up with justifications for things, and with enough time, I could even I believe I could convince the government that pretty much my entire living is uh, (laughs) my entire living and being is is a write off expense. Or write offable. <laughs> is write offable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So this discussion gets pretty complicated because so much of it has to do with taxes. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you're right. Most most of the time when people talk about what is write-offable yeah. or you know, can What's I write-off? Write off? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're talking about their taxes yeah. primarily. And the goal there is to reduce the amount of money that they pay in taxes mm-hmm. because they've spent money on other things, right? So Taking one step back before we talk about what is let let's just talk about taxes very quickly. Yes. So you make a certain amount of money throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's $100,000. And then throughout the year, you spend a certain amount of money in order to produce that $100,000 in income, right? So you might pay for your cell phone bill or your internet bill or a computer, that sort of thing. And at the end of the year... You may show profit of thirty thousand dollars, right? So you have income of a hundred, you have expenses of seventy thousand, and then you, what you've got left over is thirty thousand dollars, and that's what you get to keep personally. So that's what you pay taxes on. So that's your taxable income.
0: What is the difference of taxable for the business versus taxable personally?
1: Yeah, great. That's a great question too, because it, it, that all depends on how your organization is set up. So there's all different kinds. Of, I'm a corporation or I'm an LLC or uh, I'm a partnership or I'm a sole proprietor, all those different things. There's different tax implications for how you file your taxes. And so what you actually show personally as income on your personal tax return may be different depending on how your, how your company is set up as a legal entity. Okay. But the point is is that the income that you have minus the expenses, those expenses that you have, those are the write-offable things. Okay. So it's it's mo it's easiest to explain as a business. Yeah. Because your expenses are considered write-offable. Okay. So and and then once you what you're paying taxes on is that $30,000 in in very general terms that's what you're paying taxes on is that $30,000. So the more expenses you have, the lower taxable income you have, uh-huh, which means the less amount of taxes you actually pay. Does that make sense? It does. So if if you have a tax account, sometimes they'll say at the end of the year, oh, you need to go buy a new truck or go buy some more stuff before the end of the year. Right. Well, what he's trying to do or she, they're trying to get you to reduce that taxable income so that you pay less taxes. But it's, it's not a one for one. If you go spend
0: $10,000, it doesn't mean you're going to pay $10,000 less in taxes. Well, yeah, that that was also one of my questions, is does the government, when when somebody says, oh, that's a write-off, you can write that off, and uh, does that mean basically you're getting a free thing from the government? (laughs) No. I'm sorry I laughed, but no. I didn't think so. It does not necessarily mean that. Well, because I guess... Exactly the, the example that you gave of, you know, somebody being convinced or talked into, you know, hey, everybody in the fleet needs new computers in order <laughs> to be able to get your taxes down. Okay, but we're still adding the expense of new computers. So, right, so, you,
1: so in theory, so again, you reduce your taxable income to $30,000, let's say. Yeah. Well, then you go pay a percentage tax on that. So you may pay 20% tax on that $30,000. Uh-huh. So you're going to go pay
0: $6,000 in taxes. Okay. Somebody's, Does that make sense? Well, it sounds like somebody's coming to get you because you, you're you trying to write off too much over there. I, I can hear <laughs> sirens. <laughs> yes. So should we re-say that? If you like, but I might also keep it in. Yeah.
1: Okay. Keep it in. So yeah. So you're only paying about $6,000 in taxes. Yeah. Yeah on $30,000 in income. And I'm I'm making up numbers, but I'm just saying that that could be the example. So if you go out and you spend $10,000 on computers, then that means you're going to pay taxes on $20,000 worth of income. So that means you're going to spend $10,000 and at that same 20%, it's going to be $4,000 in taxes as opposed to $6,000 in taxes. So Ultimately, you just paid $10,000 for new computers, but saved yourself only $2,000 in taxes.
0: <laughs> so it's not it's not a good investment. If you need to make the purchase, do it. And if yeah. you have
1: a big tax bill, do it. But right. again, it's one of those things that's like, you're going to pay $10,000 to save yourself $2,000. It may not be worth it. Yeah. And then it gets so complex with things like computers and vehicles and big what they call fixed assets Mm -hmm. because those things if you go pay ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars for a new car that doesn't mean that you get to take that full twenty thousand dollars this year you might have to spread that out over like five years or even more and so then it's like is it even worth buying a new vehicle to get the tax break and i would say Buy it when you have to because that's what your business says, right? Not because you're trying to save money on taxes. You'll save money on taxes whenever you buy it and whenever you need to. So, don't do that.
0: Don't go out and spend money <laughs> to save money on taxes because it's it, it's not gonna it's the math is not going to line up. So yeah. I, I've heard you say before when you get high taxes, uh, when when the tax bill comes and it's big, you should actually celebrate because that means you had a good year. You had a good, you, and, and if you're doing, if you're setting the money aside appropriately as the money is coming in, so, you know, it's not going to be a surprise to you. So celebrate that you don't try to get that number down per se, uh, with last minute expenses, because it's not going to actually come out in the wash. It's, you're going to just be spending more money to only save a little bit more money.
1: That's right. And you got to think about, you may have you might make this much money that this year and next year you might make more money. But at the end of the day, it's all sort of cumulative yeah. from the day you start to the day you end. So it might save you a little money in taxes this year, but if you make that much money next year, then you're gonna have to pay that much more next year. So I have a hard time when accountants are trying to advise people to make spending decisions based upon Tax savings, it's rare that that's a a wise thing to do. Make spending decisions based upon budgets and operations and what the business and the organization actually needs, not to try to save yourself a little bit money in taxes. There are other strategies that you can follow to save all kinds of money in, in taxes, things like Georgia has some state film credits, for example, and you can save money on your state taxes by buying film credits and things like that. So there's lots of other strategies to save money on taxes. Buying more stuff is typically not a great strategy.
0: So we were talking a bit ago about percentages, and uh, you you had said computers and cars and um, you know, I'm I'm sitting in my home office right now as we record this, and and the home office sometimes becomes a studio, sometimes becomes uh, a meeting space, sometimes we, you know, it's, it's it's all these different things, but it's a workspace for me here in my house, um, as well as cell phone bills and things like that. How do we talk about percentages of my personal cell phone bill, my personal computer that I'm also using for work, and the space in my house that I might be using, and how much am I using my car for business? How how do we talk about percentages when it comes to taxes and what is we, we, <laughs> you're 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 looking around like oh this is getting really complicated <laughs> but that's but here's what you're great at ben is simplifying what is complicated so have a go at it have a stab at how yeah. do we how do we talk about percentages
1: okay so there are certain things that are very clear this is how you use percentages, right? So your house is a good example. Let's talk specifically about your house for 1 minute. Okay. You can carve out a specific room in your house and say I use this room for my office, my recording studio, etc. I have meetings here whatever. And you can say this this office is 100 square feet of my 1000 square foot house, so I'm going to write off 10% of my, you know, house expense to home office. The problem is with when you get into doing some of that stuff, it literally designates a portion of your house as business. So then when you go sell your house, 10% of the sale of your house, if you make profits on it, you have to pay taxes on. Okay. So it's kind of like... Again. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time, I I don't advise people to... To write off a square footage of their house unless it's meaningful enough and significant enough that, you know, it would be worth doing that. Because it just you end up paying the taxes on it one way or another (laughs) when you sell the house or throughout the year. So that's the house. But most everything else, the IRS really wants you to differentiate how many miles did I drive that were business miles versus how many miles did I drive that were personal miles and that sort of thing. And they want you to assign a A specific rate to the number of miles, things like cell phone bills, that's very, very hard to, to allocate. And so that's kind of a gray area. It's hard to say I used it this percentage or this much personal versus that much business. So that's one of those things where I just say you should write off your cell phone bill. You should write off your internet. And when I say write off, if you're a business, what I mean is your business should pay the cell phone bill. Your business should pay the internet bill etc. So uh, some people have a car payment and uh, let the business pay the car payment. And then at the end of the year, let the tax accountants determine what portion of your vehicle should be uh, allocated to business versus personal and let them clean up all the all the payments. But let your business go ahead and make those payments for for a lot of those things. And then let your CPA or your tax accountant at the end of the year break everything out for you, personal versus business.
0: So I am, again, just for me, as, as my business is getting up off of the ground and I'm getting things started with it, Again, I'm just kind of copying what I've seen other business owners do, and uh, you know, I'll have a dinner with a somebody, and we are, we are truly it was a it was a meeting that I'm I'm trying to maybe get them on board for a project. Uh, we are going to chat about a couple of different things, and I'm, so I'm going to have a dinner with them. And I've seen other people at the end of it, they they pull out that receipt and they write at the top of the receipt who it was with, and uh, you know, here's here's what we talked about, here's what, and they keep that receipt is that what i need in terms of being able to write off the expense of of the dinner with the future client the dinner with the somebody that i'm that i'm partnering with is yeah so <laughs> is all of that a real thing yeah so i'll i'll explain this technically what you should do
1: okay technically you should yes keep that receipt right at the top of it you know who you had lunch with or dinner with, and what you've talked about, because that's your way of justifying that it was a business expense. Yeah, and it's a way of reminding yourself that you know I had lunch with Joe Schmo that day, and we did we talked about whatever. So if you ever do get audited, then you can sit in front of an IRS agent and say, "Here you go." So technically, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Realistically, and most CPAs and tax accountants won't have this side of the conversation with people. Because realistically, that's that's first of all, it's very hard to keep track of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there are apps, concur, expensify these different things. You can take pictures of your receipt and whatever and market. And and that's really what you should do. But first of all, it's very hard for the IRS or anybody else to audit that. You know, if you had lunch with Joe Schmo, they would technically have to call up Joe Schmo and say, hey, did you have lunch with Rob Lott on you know whatever date? And that, it's just really hard to keep track of that. So you want to provide substantiation and justification for what you did as best you can, but you have to be realistic. And it'd be a ton of work for some IRS agent to sit there and go through every little receipt and every little expense and thing like that. So they're going to pull out, uh, if you ever did get audited, they would pull out specific ones and say, oh, show me where you... Why was your meal for one hundred and twenty dollars? Why was that a business expense? Yeah, and you know you've got to be able to sit in front of an IRS agent and explain that.
0: I, I talk about with with some of my friends. You know, as as we're kind of my other buddies, we're all kind of uh, in the same boat from the last uh, previous couple of couple of months, couple of years, you know, there's a lot of new businesses that have started. And so my friends and I, we get together and we talk about some of these things like, Hey, what are you doing? Well, what are you, what are you doing? How how are you, (laughs) how is this working out for you? And, uh, but one of the things that we talk about is passing the red face test. And whenever you, you need to, whenever you know that you're lying about something, Mm. uh, whenever you know that you're stretching the truth about something, there's just a natural, there's a natural redness that comes to your face, and people know, oh, this person's not necessarily giving the full truth, nothing but the truth. And so we talk about passing the red face test. And so I think as you're talking about saving these receipts and notating, hey, you had this $500 meal with somebody, and you know, I've, I've seen it. I've been at dinners where somebody will say, hey, how's, how's work going for you? And I'll say, Oh, it's going fine. Great, we talked about work. I'm writing the whole thing off. <laughs> right. uh, you know, I'd like that's on you, man. Like you, you and your accountant, you deal with that. But for me, I that would not, I cannot pass the red face test with something like that. Like, we need to have an intention of sitting down, and it really does need to be a business expense. Yeah, that's right. And so I've told people for many
1: years. If you can sit in front of an IRS agent and say, I needed to do this in order to provide this service to my customer or produce this income or whatever, then that is a justifiable business expense. But where things get a little gray and a little sticky, so let's use actors or, uh, yeah, I guess actors, let's use them as an example. Um, sometimes they have to have specific haircuts for their show, or Mm -hmm. they have to wear specific clothing for their production or for, you know, the things that they do. And sometimes they'll go out, uh, and this happens actually with pastors quite a bit too. And we'll talk about this probably in the next recording for uh, reimbursements, but people on stage have to wear specific outfits. And the question is, if I go buy a $3,000 suit to perform in one event and then I can wear that suit for the rest of time to go to weddings and funerals and other things, is that suit technically a reimbursable or a write-offable expense? And the answer is yes, if you required that suit in order to produce the event that you were producing and make the money that you were making. And if so, then absolutely, totally, it's a Write-offable expense. Same with haircuts and other things. It just gets a little bit gray as to when you say, "Well, I needed that haircut <laughs> for this event, but I didn't really need it." To I, was gonna, that way. I was going to. I was going to get a haircut anyway. <laughs> I was going to get a haircut anyway. That probably won't fly. But if you need, you know, if you need pink hair and you need certain right. highlights and makeup and that sort of thing, then of course that's that's definitely write-offable expense. But
0: well, and again, as we're talking about artists and we're talking about brands the maintenance of a look, the maintenance of a, you know, if we talk about us as an actor, we are the brand. So the maintenance of that look, again, I could argue is, you know, I I aim to get my haircut on the the first day off of every month. And so there's, there's a monthly expense in order to maintain my look as a performer, as an actor. And that is something that is required of me for the work that I do. That's right. So, so yeah.
1: Yeah. So think of it this way. If you work at Chick-fil-A, you have a specific uniform that you have to wear in order to work there with the name tag and the whole deal. So that is provided by Chick-fil-A and Chick-fil-A writes off that expense because it's uniform. Same with costumes and wardrobe and that sort of thing for actors. That is write-offable expense because it's required to produce the income that you're you're making haircuts that sort of thing. But again, it starts getting into that gray area, so that's when that red face test <laughs> can comes into pass, play. And can you pass the red yeah. face test, yeah. Yeah, I had to have that haircut specifically for this event or this gig, and so that's why I wrote it off and it's acceptable. And here's the here's the other secret to all this. If you're being audited by the IRS and they come in and they say, hey, show me that $80 haircut that you had and why did you have to have that? And you tell them, I wrote it off as a business expense because I thought that I required that and I thought it was a legitimate expense. If they say, no, 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 that wasn't a legitimate expense, okay, well, let's back the $80 off and I'll pay the taxes on the $80 then and we can all go on with life. (laughs) You're not going to jail. You're not going to jail because you you made one (laughs) little thing like that. They're just going to fix it right? and you'll pay the taxes and sometimes they'll even find other things like, oh, you didn't write this off and we really needed to add that in there and so now you get additional deductions. So I don't like losing sleep over these things. Do the best you can. Let your tax accountant at the end of the year coach you through, you know, what was legitimately a business expense and what wasn't and they can fix all that on your taxes.
0: So we've talked about kind of the individual uh, we talked about artists and uh, the the special needs that sometimes they have for for the business that they run of themselves. Uh, but then we also talked about small businesses. But I also know that we have a lot of church leaders that that listen to this. And so, in regard to that, nonprofit church leaders, that kind of thing. If you are already a tax exempt organization, is anything s- still a write offable? kind of thing. Now, where <laughs> where does this come into play as far as paying attention to what needs to be written off for the taxes if you're already a tax exempt organization.
1: Yeah, great question. So it's everything follows the same exact standard whether you're tax exempt or not. So the things that the church or nonprofit is allowed to pay for need to fit the IRS guidelines for write offable or <laughs> tax deductible expenses. Uh-huh and and we can talk about this in another in another discussion but what happens a lot with pastors for example is they'll take a sabbatical and the church may pay for a vacation for them to take their family on a sabbatical and you know sometimes that is actually technically considered income to the pastor just like it was part of their salary and so there's really some some sticky things and some gray areas that you need to if you're a nonprofit or a church you need to have some good tax accountants and folks that can help you because there is there's no tax accountability to that stuff or there's less tax accountability it's more internal accountability and that's a that's a very important issue
0: so here's the hope is that maybe we shed some light onto some of this uh, maybe maybe took away some some confusion around the idea of what is write offable um but also we we may have confused things more. So here's what I want to do is uh if, if you have any further questions go to dimeaccounting.com we'll be able to get you set up with the answers that you need and you know Ben talks about your tax accountant and will will be able to help you out with all of that and get all of that squared away again so So that you can focus on the thing that you need to do, and like Ben said, don't lose sleep over this stuff. You know, this is something that let the professionals be the professionals, let the experts be the experts, and deal with all of this. They will ask the questions, you give the answers that pass the red face test, and you'll you'll be all set and squared away to be able to move forward and not have any not lose sleep over uh, you know your tax situation. Uh, But when we come back, so like I said at the beginning, this is going to be a two part episode because. When we come back, I want to ch- chat about what is reimbursable. You know, so now as the, you, you are the leader, you're the boss, you're the company owner, and people are coming to you saying, hey, here's my receipt for that thing, you know, how, how do we help them understand what is reimbursable and what is not reimbursable? And you know, it's it's that to me is a, a very interesting conversation. You're not gonna want to miss it on a future you're episode. You're not gonna want to miss it. <laughs> we were sort of
1: joking about you're not gonna want to miss that. You really don't want to miss that because no. that it's a really important topic that a lot of people get have recently gotten into trouble with, uh, especially in the nonprofit world. And it's a very important issue. I'm excited to
0: talk about it. <laughs> We'll do it. All right. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Rob. This has been a creation of Blue Trumpet Creative.